0: Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: So I can only presume that this happened before RAW. Oh, listen, I'm really angry right now because I don't like what happened last week. So I'm going to stand in that ring and you better dim the lights so everybody knows how moody I am and it's got to be offensive. Also hello my friends and welcome to the episode of Ups and Downs with me, Simon Miller, the Dancing Fool. Don't you know what that means or why I said it, but there's been so many ups and downs over the last four days. If you have watched every single one, I salute you and I'm also madly in love with you. Let's up those doubts. is well, right, though. Raw did start with Drew McIntyre stood in the ring, and he did all have this spooky, moody lighting, because that's just what happens when you go heel. So he must have been consumed by the dark side, and he was all like, oh, I know that everybody is upset with me, but I'm upset too, because if you've been watching the show and you have been following the storyline, although, of course, he didn't say storyline, I have actually done nothing wrong, because he didn't change, and not one lie has come out of his mouth, and he's been doing exactly what he said he was going to do. And if you don't like it... Go flub yourself. Drew also pointed out that before he screwed over Jey Uso, he looked him in the eye. And did anybody in the bloodlight do the same for him? No, they didn't. He's 100% accurate. There's no apology either, because once again, he never got one of those. And everyone's just saying, oh my gosh, Drew McIntyre, you should get over it. So when it comes to Cody Rhodes, well, that's just collateral damage. And also, Cody, who brought J2 Raw? It was you. Drew then did kind of get a bit emotional, because we went back to Clash of the Castle. And he was like 16 years. I've been waiting for that moment. And I was going to do it in front of my family. And I tell you, that's why I love all of this so damn much. We are calling back to 2022. Rewards you for being a fan. McIntyre. can they made it very clear that he is not part of the Judgment Day, but he will be the fifth man on the bad guy side when it comes to war games. And why did he do this? Because Rhea Ripley offered him something that nobody else could. Jey Uso in a cage. That was a good line. Now by this point, he had said his name way too much. So Jey Uso did interrupt. He was like, I'm going to give you a yeet down as opposed to a beat down. I was like, yeah, Jay, you got to keep saying that. Of course, he wasn't able to do this because the rest of the judgment day appeared. And just when they were going to kick his ass, here came Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn and Seth Rollins. And somehow Adam Pearce was there too. I mean, he quite literally must have teleported in. Where did he come from? He was also laying down the law because he was all like, if you hit him or he hits you, the person responsible will lose the advantage at war games. When he went all Nick Aldis at SmackDown, he turned to Cody and his team and said, right, You've got a few hours, then I have to know the fifth man, otherwise you'll get nothing. Why are these general managers so impatient? The commentators also heavily tease who this could be, but deep down in our tootsie toes we already knew. And trust me, it's very, very good. Now, the best part about all of this was how the baby faces were dressed, because Seth Rollins was a llama, Sami Zayn appeared to be a country ye oldie English gentleman, Whereas Cody Rhodes was a 1965 detective. And I just thought that added so much personality to them because they did stand out. Also, it ties into the story. The Judgment Day are a group, whereas these guys are just some individuals trying to do what's right. I thought all of this was very entertaining. Up. When the Judgment Day fell out again. I mean, this isn't going well at all. Once again, it was Damien Priest because he was like, well, it's Rhea Ripley. Why didn't you tell me Drew McIntyre was going to do this? Rhea was like, I didn't know. That Scottish guy kind of just does whatever he wants. I was surprised too. As we were going to have a main event match two to decide who does get the advantage in war games, Damien was also like, well, I think I should do it because I'm super duper great. But that's when Ripley kind of planted a seed and she was like, well, actually, no, we probably should wait for Drew because he is on our team now. So you can see what's happening here and Damo is not long for this world. Not that he's going to die. They're going to kick him out of the Day of Judgment. But we have been teasing this for weeks. Once again, it makes me feel warm and fuzzy in my tum-tum. I appreciate the storytelling. i tell you what else I appreciated. Nia Jax versus Raquel Rodriguez. That's how you do it. You may have noticed recently there has been a big return when it comes to big wrestlers. Slapping wrestler meat. So here somebody looked at Nia. They looked at Raquel and they were like, well, you're powerhouses. So why don't you just go out there and slap some meat? So they did. I mean, Rodriguez started this by just running through Jax when she used the ultimate comeback move of 2023. The crossbody. That's when I was like, I can't do this to me. So she hurled her into Barry Barricade and she hurled her into Rita the ring post. Who, by the way, had a terrible evening. Everybody had it out for Rita. The whole point of this is that it injured Raquel's back. So she was like, oh no, how am I going to use all my strength? So every time she tried to pick up Nia Jax, she wasn't able to do it because the back was like no if you're going to abuse me this way you get nothing it's like wcw versus nwo revenge it was really good though because eventually she was going to go for the bomb of power and this crowd went crazy like oh my gosh we're gonna see a mega power bomb when it didn't work her limbs did give out so nijax was like perfect she gave her the annihilator one two three We also melted down because there was no nonsense and there was no shenanigans here Raquel Rodriguez had just into herself, which meant she was going to lose. That made this so damn wonderful, because now am I going, oh, Raquel Rodriguez, what a loser. She wasn't able to win. No, I just enjoyed it for what it was. That's a massive round of applause. What an unexpected treat. And sure, we're not going to think about it for too long. But who the hell cares when we did get this video for Xia Lee, She is well into like her ancestors now. Shout out to the Lee family. Then come back to Damian Priest, who once again was freaking out because Drew McIntyre finally arrived. And he was like, oh, well, look who raced us with their presence. I, like, I think this is the best way to say hello. Now, of course, Drew wants to be in the advantage match. I mean, you could see that coming a mile away when Rhea turned to Priest and said, well, look, we did make you the captain of the War Games team. But maybe you should actually do something and decide. This is when Damo properly stirred the pot, however, because he was like, oh, well, true. don't think I like you either, because I was going to cash in this Money in the Bank briefcase, and who screwed me over? It was you. So I was like, man, when you break this down, everybody just hates everybody else. It's like, when I go home for Christmas. Eventually, Peace decided, you know what, Drew McIntyre, you can have it, and let's see what you can do, and don't drop the ball. McIntyre's like, oh, it's yeah, a great decision. So now there you go. There's part one. Part two coming later. Then a video for War Games next, and Michael Cole had the best line. Because <laughs> when we cut to him, he was like, well, you know, we need to also decide who's going to have the advantage in the Women's War Game match so you can vote for this courtesy of Ruffles. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, thanks Ruffles. And I half expected a really cute dog to walk up and say, "Simon, it's okay." All of this carried on too, because we were with the good guys. And they all decided, "Yes, Jay Uso, you should now be in the match because you want revenge on Drew McIntyre." But remember, even though we are happy, chaps, don't you let us down. We also discuss who the fifth man could be, and Cody was like, "Don't worry, I have this thing called a phone, and I am going to give someone a call." So, was it with to deal with these war game teams and just ringing people? Where's the pre-planning? When, yep, even though we did have this big video and she has a title match against Lyra Valkyrie tomorrow night on NXT, Becky Lynch beat Xia Lee. Laura Valkyrie had also come to Raw to watch this because I guess she's scouting. But look, I gotta tell you, over the last few weeks, Xia Lee has absolutely turned things around. I mean, it's just nice to see her be featured on TV, to be honest. And this Becky Lynch is having a hell of a 2023. She basically looked at the women's division and said, well, you should be a star, you should be a star, you should be a star. I am a star. Let's smash it all together and get going. And I was a little bit surprised because, of course, I'd seen Zaya drinking tea recently. I was like, well, how the hell can that not help you in a wrestling match? Essentially, her plan was, well, I've kicked a lot of people in the head and they've gone down. So maybe I'll kick you in the head too. But at one point she did do an airplane spin. And I was like, huh. I guess her great-great-great-great-great-great-grandmother must have used to have done that. Eventually, she did land this big boot to the head and it did not Lynch out, but she fell to the outside of the ring. So what were we to do? Well, I tell you, the referee went up to her and he was like, well, Becky Lynch, you're clearly finished. But Beck said, nah, I feel fine. So the ref went, well, there's nothing else I can do. <laughs> and the fight continued. We did actually tie this in though, because Lee was then like, all right, well, I'll just do it again. She tried, she missed, she booted Rita the Ring post, which ties into what I was talking about earlier. They both got back in the ring at the last second. Manhandle slam, one, two, three. So, look, if you want to spin it this way, you can say that Zaya came this close. I also thought this was pretty good. There's also no nonsense once again. So I was like, man, it's like entering Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? That definitely didn't happen in the movie. Of course, right away, damage control reveals they don't care about brand splits. And they were here to beat Becky Lynch up when all of her team were here too. So there was Charlotte and there was Oscar and there was everybody else. And they had a big brawl with Adam Pearce. Just melting down, he was having a terrible time. It also meant that we triggered this massive brawl, and I'll be honest with you, when it comes to these kind of pay-per-views, premium live events, I'm not the biggest fan of having the stipulation done twice. WWE has done such a fantastic job. Plug me in because I am ready for it. It is definitely getting it up. And do you wanna know the other theme of this evening too? Well, I'll show you. You used to be my friend, but now I don't like you. Well, it's funny you say that, because after thinking about it, I don't like you too. Because that's right, we were here with Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, and Ludwig basically said, well, look who it is. Giovanni, I think you suck. I mean, mostly he was just worried about what Gunther was going to do to him, whereas Giovanni was like, I just want what's best for Imperium. When Ludwig was like, listen, I have a match later, and answer me this, boy, do I want you at ringside? No, I do not. He did it less weird. Nobody would talk like that. This quick video for Zoe Stark, because of course she is going after Rhea Ripley's championship. And I will say this. They're gonna have a really good match, and there is a little something later on. But do I think WWE could have bigged this up just a little bit more? Yes. As yes, I do, that's why I'm nodding my head. Which is when we got to Ludwig Kaiser versus Johnny Gargano. Oh dear. Ludwig lost. Now, I'm not going to lie. There was a small part of me that was like, oh, man, for the love of everything, if Ludwig does just get defeated here because Johnny out-wrestles him, that will be absolutely fantastic. And we almost did that, but we also didn't. Beforehand, they were just rocking and rolling again, and these two are so damn good, they deserve all the flowers. When Giovanni Vinci decided, well, actually, I don't listen to you, Ludwig. I'm my own man, and he did come to ringside. But of course, no professional wrestler can handle this. And as soon as he did see Vinci, Ludwig had a massive meltdown which meant he actually forgot he was in a wrestling match. Damn. And of course, meant when he turned around, Gargani was ready with the one final beat and he got the one, two, three. But I'm going to tell you why I didn't mind this. One, Johnny getting a W is never bad. Two, we're still going to do the tag match. And if we give them time, that will be fire. But three, sure, it was the classic distraction finish, but we barely did any on this Raw and quite literally last week, Every single match finished that way. I do want to point out, I swear that Giovanni Vinci was quite happy about this. But maybe I am mistaken. Still, this was very well done. And I was so damn pleased afterwards. Because I'm a nerd. We've got those women's tag team titles. because of nowhere, Piper Niven and Chelsea Green were backstage, where they were surrounded by every single team imaginable. Like Jurassic Park. So we had Natalia and Tiga Knox, Katana Chance and Kate and Kaya, plus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell, and they were all like, well, we deserve a title shot. I was like, that's not true at all, none of you do. Maxine Dupree and Ivy Nile also turned up, and this is quite funny, because I think they wanted to speak to Adam Pierce about something else but he just threw them all in one big pot and was like, man, you're all driving me crazy. So you know what? We're going to do a fatal four way later. And the winners will be the number one contenders. This is when Ivy was going to correct him. Max, he was like, shut up. I want a title shot. Made me laugh. It was also the epitome of GTS, Geese title shot, but that is just what WWE and all wrestling promotions do. When Dominic Mysterio and Rhea Ripley walked into the Judgment Day locker room and sat there with Zoe Stark and Shayna Baszler. Why not? Now, of course, this was just so somebody could lie to us because Zoe said she was going to beat Ripley and Ripley said, no, I'm going to beat you, Zoe. So we shall find out at Survivor Series. I got a slight inkling that Rhea Ripley is going to win. I like Zoe Stark a lot. It just ain't the time. Kenny Pierce had no patience on this evening either. We went straight into that fatal four-way. I was desperate for Maxine and Ivy to win as well because talk about falling your way into an opportunity. But man... This Dupree has desperately been listening to her training via Chad Gable because she was doing all this technical wrestling stuff. She looked pretty good. She also hit this massive splash onto everyone when Carter and Katana were like, wait a minute, we're a proper team. And they started doing double team combos, of course. Somehow that ended with Natalia putting the sharpshooter on chance, but everyone broke that up when Maxine did the Caterpillar. I was like, man, this is fantastic. She is being educated by the Alpha Academy when all she really needed to do was Tazawa's dance. Now they wanted to do something off the top, but Natty cut that off when Dupree was like, well, I'll go for the ultimate comeback move of 2023. But Tiga Knox spied this, and she was like, wait a minute, I know what to do here. And she essentially hit a version of the most devastating move in all sports entertainment with a surprise roll-up, and she got the three. So there you go, Natalia and Tiga Knox are going after Chelsea Green and Piper Nilla. But the best thing about this is that you can abbreviate it to Nan versus Cap. So if you do do this at the premium live event, it's your grandma versus some headwear. So yes, I still think the WWE can do more with these championships, but overall, it's a good bit of business, to be completely honest with you. I agree. Ah, Gunther then found his sons, and I don't really know what's happened recently, but he was like, Giovanni Vinci, you are just making me so damn proud. But you, Kaiser, you crap. I mean, I can only assume that Mario must have defeated Ludwig's battleship, and that's why Gunther is so mad. And he was even like, look, Maybe I put the wrong guy in charge. Go and sort this out for yourselves. Because right now, I've got to go deal with The Miz. So I'm still a little bit worried he's going to kill one of them. When this damn theme continued. And we kind of did a copy and paste. But instead of the women's tag teams, it was with the men. Because we had The New Day. Indershear and Veer had finally come all over Raw. DIY. Imperium. The Alpha Academy, which is now and Tazawa, And The Creed's. Once again, Adam Pearce was just so fed up. He put them all next week. In a number one contenders match. But basically, Anna Pierce just need to calm down. So once again, this probably needed a little bit more thought too. Although I was in hysterics after this. Because Adam went to one of his stagehands and was like, get me Nick Haldis on the phone. (laughs) When Nick Haldis just went, poop, He appeared from nowhere. So I've been trying to figure this out all morning. And I finally got there. Because it was me! It was me! I did it, the wizard in the sky! Because Nick Aldis rang me up and he said, Hello, Mr. Wizard, can I please use your magic cab service? I said, Of course can, Nick Aldis. Ever since we went to Bermuda and we had that lovely holiday, I will do anything for you. So I went happily! And I sent him to Raw. For I am the wizard in the sky. Now, given this did tie into the tag team titles, I'm a little bit worried we're about to split them up again. I much prefer having unified championship belts we will see when it was time for gunther versus miz to ramp things up i thought they did a really good job now as ever miz was all about the fact that nobody respects him so gunther cleared this up and he was like well i'll just tell you straight to your face i don't respect you and i think you're rubbish Maybe laugh as far as he sees it the ring is for fighters and miz is nothing more than an entertainer but miz saw it differently because he was like no man that means i can do stuff in the squared circle but all the little things we need to do outside of it well, i'm the man there too he also mentioned some of his heroes such as randy savage mr perfect rick rude Shawn michaels and bret hart all people that had held the intercontinental championship and listen we're still talking about them now because we remember their legacies but when it comes to gunther he is not going to have a legacy at all because he's a giant goober Miz also admitted throughout his career he has fallen and been at the bottom but he has been able to climb his way back up to the top which is why he is where he is today But when it comes to Mr. Ring General, well, you've never been down there. And I'd like to see you do the same, because listen, my friend, I don't think you have the balls. Gunther then just had the best reply, at least for a heel, because he knows the deal. He's just talking to Mike Mizanin, a guy that used to be at school, and got bullied because he did look up to these people. And then when he finally came to WWE Superstar, what did similar type of individuals do? They bullied him too. And even with all this bullying, Gunther doesn't think he's been bullied enough, so he is now going to bully him. I was like, man, it's the most horrible thing I've ever heard, as a man that was also bullied, and I started to go, Miz, you go get him, mission success. The champ also told the challenger that he should be over the other side of Barry Barricade, and with all the insecure fans, which I took as another shot. But look, as good as the Miz was here, I did ring the police, and I was like, I need to report a murder. Gunther then started to push him, and the Miz was like, man, I'm done with this, so he started to fight back. But It went terrible at first anyway, because he got booted right at the face. But when Gunther picked him up, he hit him right in the testicles, and he laid him out with the skull crushing finale. So once again, it's just a smart bit of business, because you are being told, well, look, yeah, sure, there's no chance that The Miz can win. Although he is happy to cheat, so maybe, just maybe he will. There's absolutely no way, because it'd be silly to take the title off Gunther at the moment, but they did excellently here. And also, it's essentially the story of Rocky Ford I love Rocky Four, and they got me sold on this match. So bravo all round up. When Seth Rollins was being a little bit annoying, and I was like, yes, we get it, Seth. Because he found Jay Uso, and he's all like, look, you need to be serious here, man. We need that advantage in the war games. And if you're not serious, then nothing will be taken seriously. And what are we going to do about seriousness? He also finished it with, but I know you know this. So like, why are you telling him? And when Jey Uso kind of pumped around, because he was so hyped for this, Seth looked at him like, I don't think you're taking this seriously. And this did knock Jay, because he stared at Seth. He was like, what do you really want me to do? So I don't really trust this guy. And maybe something does happen on Saturday. When we got Shinsuke Nakamura versus Chad Gable. You're going to be amazed to hear this. It was a terrific professional wrestling match. It does kind of feel like we moved away from the idea that Chad may become the Intercontinental Champion. But maybe that's the point here. And it is a red herring. I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, he lost. Chad also launched himself at Shinsuke to begin all of this when we cut to the commercial break. When we returned, Nakamura was in control. And this time, WWE did show us because we saw it in the replay. And I was like, oh my gosh, my joke is totally destroyed. No! Gable still had a plan, which was to break the neck of Shinsuke Nakamura because he hit a neckbreaker. When Shinsuke came back with a sliding German suplex, where Chad Gable was like, well, I can do one better, and he hit him with a stall in German. Es ist eine deutsche suplex party. Chad then wanted to go for the moonsault, but Shinsuke got the knees up, which is when he was going to go for the Kinsasha. But Gable reversed that into the ankle lock. Honestly, birds are so damn smooth. Like my head. Well, all of this two teen of the turnbuckle got exposed. So you're like, well, man, that's going to tie in. And of course, Nakamura grabbed Gable and he was going to hurl him into the metal. But Chad stopped himself because he's not an idiot. He backed off. That counts as a hesitation. And you can't hesitate in a wrestling match. So Shinsuke here, a variation of the most devastating move in all of sports entertainment did get the three this just ties into what we've been talking about the whole show though yes it was nonsense but it wasn't outside distraction interference nonsense number 42 and it actually worked because nakamura felt like a bit of a dickhead and chad gable felt a bit like a hero so once again this was just well it was just good as was his entire raw i had a wonderful time there's also a brand new video for shensuke nakamura and you know what now that Randy Orton has just been put into War Games, I spoiled it, but we'll talk about it in just one second. I think this Shinsuke may be talking about a Cody Rhodes or a Sami Zayn. Because his big line is, I shall face you after your next battle, and War Games would be a battle. Now look, I know that's not as amazing as a surprise, but Cody Rhodes versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Give me a second. Yes, I want it. So please do just give me that package of joy, which sounds really bad. When Drew McIntyre maybe made a little bit of a mistake, because he found the judgment down, he said, do not be ringside for my match. Damien Priest was great here. He was like, oh, I don't think we offer, did we? Passive aggression for life. We also saw Ivar of the Viking Raiders and Valhalla challenge Bronson Reed for a match. That's going to be some big men slapping man meat next week. When Sami Zayn was hyping up Jay Uso, and Seth Rollins was back, and now he's being all jovial. I was like, what is wrong with you? We also got the mega tease for the evening, which I've already ruined because Rhodes was all like, Haha, I've made the call and he's in. Did they tell us? No, of course they didn't. They were going to wait till the end of the show. Which is when we did get Drew McIntyre and Jay Uso at WWE. Sent them out there and just let them have a right bang. Angry I'm all mad now Drew is so good as well because he stalks around with this mad look on his face and he was trying to break Jey Uso's neck with a neck breaker. And he just threw him into out of the announce table but he just looks so damn enraged. Uso was able to hit him with a Samoan drop, and thank goodness he is Samoan, but when McIntyre charged at him, Jay got out of the way, and Drew went into Rita the ring post. So look, if you do see Rita today, just give her a hug and a kiss. This was so unnecessary. Drew also missed with the Claymore, which is when you were like, oh my gosh, maybe something is gonna go down. But when Uso climbed to the top rope, McIntyre ensured his penis went into the damn thing, and he dragged him to the middle of the ring, and he hit the Future Shock DDT, and he got the one, two, three. That does rhyme, so it must have worked. Now, I actually like this because, one, winning with the DDT gives Drew McIntyre two moves to be victorious in matches. And it also gives him a spin when it comes to his heel side. And even though this did come out of nowhere, I thought that was joyous. You don't want to be able to call, oh, the finish is here, the finish is here, the finish is here. Sometimes you have to go, wait, what? How did it happen? We Ripley popped up right after this, too. And she wanted Drew to go on Mortal Kombat because she was all like, finish him. So he did. His fatality was going to be hurling him through a table, which is when the rest of the Day of Judgment were here. But of course, Cody Rhodes' his music then hit. He told the audio guy to push play, and they made the save. Thank goodness. Cody also acted like he was pleased that the Judgment Day had the war games advantage, which didn't make any kind of a sense, when he just started to drop all of the hints and all the nicknames that he could come up with. I mean, he even said, what's mine is mine, and what's yours is also mine. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Repo Man. And I reason like fallen asleep and I was dreaming but we didn't get the word legacy we got the word apex predator and we got voices in our heads and even though he didn't say the two words of course everybody knew it was Ratty Orton you should go and listen to this crowd they were so into this and they were so excited I think because they thought they were gonna see Randy but it didn't come out this was so damn well done though and you could feel the energy in the room apart from one person which the camera made sure to grab and it was poor Jay Uso who was having a meltdown. This is why WWE is so good at the moment, because of course it all ties in, where has Randy Orton been for the last year or so? On the injury shelf, because who took him out? It was the bloodline. So now Jay was like, well it's great that we do have a fifth guy, but he's gonna kill me. But it's just great storytelling and it's another tick for why the bloodline has been so good. And in terms of a main event package, this was absolutely fabulous. Honestly, it left me so desperate to see Survivor Series, which was the point. It is getting it up. It also brought us to the end of the show. And as you can see, I had a really good time. This is going to annoy many people that watch. Because some people say that I'm biased towards AEW. And some people say I'm biased towards WWE. So I can't win. way well, I am winning because wrestling is great. Now please do leave a comment below and let me know how wrong I am, this does happen every single week so I may as well know, like the video, share the video and subscribe, click the video on the screen right now which is ups and downs for AEW full gear, make sure you check that one out, go to whatculture.com, follow us on social media and just get pumped for the Survivor Series, it comes but once a year, alright.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim?